Wow, what a great morning. Hey, family, how are you? Um, we, we're getting a, a late start on the teaching portion, so I, I just ask for your grace. I, I, won't, I won't keep you too long, but man, uh, just to say, what a beautiful family, and that's what the kingdom is, right? It's family, and we pass our faith on. We, our, our vision is to make disciples who make disciples, and I think the most in, uh, encouraging thing this morning is that w- we got to hear the word of the Lord from 217, Sebastian, are you 18 now? 18, sorry, Sebastian. 18 and 17-year-olds, come on, that's, that bodes well for our community, right? Really, really well. Well, um, I want to begin just today with a, a really bad dad joke. So I was going to start a diet this week, but I had too much on my plate. So, <laughs> boom. So there's nowhere to go but up from there. So that's why I do that. Set the bar low. And not away we go. Actually, that actually teased me up for, um, you guys have that? Um, that's not me. <laughs> should, should be margin. Is that what you have? No. All right. Well, this is going to be less entertaining for you. Never mind. Well, guys, here we go. You're going to have to really pay attention because we live in a visual culture and and you guys are just going to have to hear the sound of my voice, I think. So I want to talk to you about what's on your plate. We're entering into the fall, back to school, vacays are over. Not that vacations are restful for any of you anyway, because you always need a vacation after a vacation. So uh, what I want to talk to you today about is how to build margin into your life and the the importance for your own spiritual well-being of building margin into your life, right? This is one of the the most important spiritual things that we can do. See, the problem is that we are Americans. And I'm not kidding you, whenever missionaries come home who have spent years in other countries, the number one thing that they say is, wow, I forgot how busy this culture is. I forgot how busy Americans are uh, as a people, right? And and it's not just them, right? There is an overload uh, on, on people's lives, time, resources, energy, emotionally, physically, spiritually, you name it. Uh, There's Americans thrive on crazy hours, fast food, and energy drinks. Have you ever been to Quick Trip? Do you know how many brands and varieties of energy drink there are now? How many ways you can get energy? Why? Because there's a deficit of energy and time and resource, which means we have no margin. We have no margin in our culture. We live in a marginless culture. Dr. Robert Swenson, who wrote a book on this, says that that the modern, um, let's see, what did he say? 
It's really good. It was on the screen, so <laughs> it's going to help me. Right? <laughs> oh, here he is. The conditions of modern-day living devour margin. Right? Margin is having breath at the end of the staircase, money at the end of the month, and sanity left over after adolescence or adulthood or parenting or whatever season of life you're in. Marginless is fatigue. But margin is uh, the cure for a marginless society. Would you agree? We kind of, we don't really know how to live with much margin, right? And so if our vision is to follow Jesus, to be near Jesus and to be like Jesus, it's going to require margin, people. It's going to require space and time and energy and resource. In fact, one of the ways that we talk about obeying Jesus is his command to give of our time and our resource. Gal talks about giving financially, but we also have to give him our time. We also have to give him our our energy. And so we listen to the words of Jesus to to obey him, but we also look to the life of Jesus to obey him, right? And so the way that Jesus lived is important. Does Jesus have something to teach us about, the, the, about margin in the way that he lived? How many of you think he might have something to say about it? Let's just take a moment to look at what the scriptures have to say. Time and time again in the scriptures, we read that Jesus would pull away Now remember, Jesus, at the time this would have been written, was 30 years old. Okay? He wasn't an old dude. He was 30. He was in the middle of life. He was, was, you know, doing the stuff. And in Luke 5, 15, 16, it says, Yet the news about him spread all the more, so that the crowds of people came to hear him and to be healed of their sickness. But Jesus often withdrew to a lonely place, and prayed. Jesus often withdrew to a lonely place and prayed. Now we know from scriptures that there are at least six instances in Jesus' life where it mentions he intentionally pulled away for different reasons, putting space into his life and building margin, right? Let me go through them real quickly, and then I'm going to give you a a, a few uh, prerequisites for margin and some practices for margin, okay? Number one, in Luke 4, we see Jesus, before he was preparing to be launched into ministry, the scripture says that he pulled away for 40 days. Now, in our culture, we call that a sabbatical. And and in that sabbatical, he went into the wilderness. We know he was tempted. We know that he he went through uh, all kinds of things. He fasted and And yet he pulled away, and and it was out of that, being led by the Holy Spirit, he was launched into ministry. Number two, in Luke 6, the scripture says that the night before Jesus decided who his 12 disciples was going to be, you know what he did? He pulled away. He He put some space into his life, some margin, and he prayed all night about an important decision. Maybe you need to put some margin into your life before you make an important decision. Maybe you need to pull away. Mark 6, 30 through 32. 
Um, Jesus sent the 12. Now he decided who the 12 were. He sends them out to do the work of the stuff. And they're doing the stuff, kicking the devil's booty and, and, and healing the sick and doing all the stuff. They come back. And what does Jesus do? He says, hey, guys, let's go get away. We need to pull away. We need to put some margin into our, our lives and into our ministry. Matthew 14, after Jesus learned that his cousin, John the Baptist, had been beheaded, the scripture says that he went away by himself. Jesus put margin in his life to be able to work through grief and loss. I just went through a beautiful week-long intensive learning about all the ways that whenever there's change or uh, concern in your life or conflict or crisis or criticism in your life, it creates stress. And stress is, is all about us, right? There's financial stress, there's emotional stress, physical stress. And we have to recognize that with that stress comes a sense of loss. And, and, and so we have to learn how do we cope with that loss. And we need margin. We need space to work through the loss and the trauma and the wounds that come into our life. Right? You guys with me? And finally, Jesus pulled away, as I read in, in uh, Matthew 5, to focus on his own spiritual life. Oftentimes, he just pulled away to pray. Why? Because when I pray, prayer enlarges my heart. It enlarges my mind. It enlarges my vision so that I can actually see what God is doing. Or maybe at least hear what God is saying in the moment and, and hold on to something that will get me through what I'm going through so I can get to the other side. So my question for you this morning is, if the Son of God needed margin in his life, Maybe you might need some, right? I was thinking about margin in the importance of my own life. And uh, I, I, I thought, you know, whenever I have margin in my life, there's, there's room, there's space for me to do two primary things. One is to encounter God. I need space to encounter God. I need margin. This is why we pull away on Sundays, why we Sabbath, so that I can quiet my soul and I can stop all the activity and I can just be. I don't have to do. I don't have to perform. I can just be. And I can get quiet and in my soul I can begin to hear the echoes of heaven reverberating. I can begin to hear what God is doing. How many of you, uh, uh, you know, back in, in my day growing up, before version kids, before apps, Bible apps, we had study Bibles. How many of you had study Bibles? Oh, man. Those study Bibles were awesome, right? I mean, they told you everything, and, and you could look up anything. But what I really loved, and if you look at my study Bible, what you'll notice is there's lots of notes in the margin. My notes. These are the, the aha moments, right? The revelations, the, the, the word of God on this day. God spoke to me. That's in the margins. <laughs> I'm telling you, the good stuff is in the margins, guys. That's where it is. And then secondly, not only do I need margin to be able 
to encounter God, encounter my own soul, but I need margin to engage the world, to look at the world, to, to be available to God in the world. I, it takes margin to do that. It takes margin to be a disciple. Now, I'm, <clears throat> I, was, I was thinking about, you know, I'm, uh, I'm normally, I'm kind of a speedboat guy, a jet ski guy. I love power, you know, water sports that have power with them because I like to go really fast. Now, my wife, if you know my wife, oh, there she is. Oh, look. She's a, she's a kayaker. And so, you know, as a loving husband, I do what I do, which means I learn how to kayak if I want to be with my wife. And so I discovered that um, kayaking is a whole different space. I'm still on the water, right? That's actually me on the water in Wisconsin about three weeks ago. Okay, But I, I started noticing something. When I'm in a speedboat, I don't hear the animals, the birds. I don't, I don't notice the fish jumping because I am going fast, man. Get out of my way. But when I'm kayaking, guess what? Everything slows down and I can notice what God has done and what God is doing and what God has created. Isn't that cool? So margin is like that. It's quiet, still, slow, space to create, space to notice. I love this quote. He who is in a hurry delays the things of God. What if there is an inverse relationship to how fast we go in this life to actually experiencing life itself? To actually being able... You want to hear God? You want to know God's purposes for your life? You want to encounter God? You want to experience His presence? Put some margin in your life. All right. Let me give you a few thoughts here. Some steps toward building margin. They all start with P, which makes a preacher happy and hopefully makes it a little stickier for you. All right. I'm going to go through this since we're, we're a little short. Prerequisites for margin. Now, I don't mean to be Debbie Downer here, but you're just going to have to accept the fact that you have limitations. Accepting and being aware of your limitations and your limits is an important part of building margin in your life because margin is the space between your load and your limits. Right? That's the definition of margin. It's that space. If you're overloaded, then you can have no margin. Right? If you've gone beyond your limitations, you, you have nothing. Have, having limitations doesn't mean you're a loser. It means you're human. Welcome to the race. Right? Number two, expect to have obstacles. Did I do that? There we go. Expect problems and obstacles. Again, wow, Raj, you are building my faith up today. Woohoo! But here's the deal. Margin is how we mitigate. Margin is how we prepare. Margin is how we live in a way so that when they come, 
A, I'm not surprised, and B, I have space and time and energy to overcome. Do you understand the nature of the spiritual life is like this? Number one is you are transformed and renewed by the power of Jesus Christ, and you experience renewal in your life, transformation. And then, number two, is you are discerning, now, God, what do you want to do with my life? You're going to be doing that for the rest of your life, entering into renewal, change, transformation. And then when we do that, Romans 12, 2 says we, we discern, we get to know, God, what are you up to? What are you doing? What do you want me to do with the rest of my life? But then we will, you will hit an obstacle or limitation when you are trying to do God's will in your life. Anybody ever hit an obstacle trying to do God's will? <laughs> you will, if you haven't. And that spins us back in to the process of transformation. And the last thing, guys, is just, I, I just want to say, you got to be intentional about it. You got to be intentional. Margin will not happen on its own. It will never come in and of itself. So be intentional. Okay? Those are the prereqs. Easy. What are some of the practices? Oh, there's so many wonderful practices in our Christian faith. Number one is Sabbath, rest, retreats, moments. See, the, the, this is where, what if it's not so much about doing, but what we don't do that opens up God's heart to us, right? And of course, there's naps, okay? I believe naps are a spiritual discipline. Anybody? Can I get an amen? Oh, see, y'all are with me. Y'all are with me now. Some of you are practicing right now as I speak. Mm. Building margin into your life. Look at you. Doing what the preacher said to do. Right now. <laughs> no, man. Sabbath rest, retreats, moments. Listen, it's, it's throughout our life. I, I encourage you to have you know, uh, figure out a rhythm of your life where you can pull away for a day, an afternoon, uh, where you can get alone with God and be with Him and experience that, okay? Um, Let's see. Yeah. And then number two, stillness. Solitude and silence. These are the core disciplines of the spiritual life. Now, in the charismatic circles that many of us have been in, we, we love the experiential. We love the, the praying in tongues, the praying as loud as you can. And man, I am all for that. We should go for that. But we should be as equally adept and equally uh, engaged in disciplines of silence and solitude and stillness. Why? We sang it this morning. Parker Palmer says that the soul is like a wild animal, but that it is shy, right? And if you want to get to see some really beautiful wild creatures in nation, I mean in nature, you don't go, hey! Any deer out here? No, doesn't work. What you do is you sit down 
and you get really quiet and you don't move and then if you're really fortunate something beautiful starts to appear see that's your soul and that's the way oftentimes that your 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 soul works I love Henry Nouwen says, stand still and allow the deadly restlessness of our tragic age to fall away because that restlessness was once considered the magic carpet to tomorrow, but now we see it for what it really is, a running away from oneself, a turning from the journey inward that all people must undertake to meet God dwelling within the depths of their soul. That's why many of the Psalms, Psalm 4610 simply says, be still and know that I am God. In Isaiah 3015, he says, in repentance and rest is your salvation. In quietness and trust is your strength. Amen. And then we can never focus on this discipline enough because learning how to pray in all the seasons of our life and the stations of our life and the moments of our life where, where we're actually communing with God. Do you understand that the goal of the spiritual life, the goal of Christianity is not just to get you across the finish line to heaven? That's not it. The goal is that you would live in loving union with God himself for the rest of your life. And here's the kicker. When Jesus came, he said, the kingdom is within you. That's why we pray on heaven, in, on earth as it is in heaven. You are the dwelling place of God. The temple of the Holy Spirit is inside of you. What amazing encounters are in store for you on this side of your death, this side of heaven. Who knows? But what we do know is that Jesus himself often withdrew to pray. Now, the last thing we're going to have to do if we want to build margin is we're going to have to Learn, practice pruning. Yay! Okay? Now, pruning, we don't just, you know, uh, classic scripture, John 15, you know, God wants to prune stuff out of your life. He doesn't just prune the dead stuff. He often prunes stuff that may be even really fruitful. There may be some really fruitful stuff in your life Because success can be just as devastating as failure for our souls. And so we need to learn, Lord, what is it? We need to have seasons where we ask God, God, what what, did you ask me to do this? Why did I say yes to this? Why am I doing this? Why am I doing that? I have to present my life, my schedule, my stuff, my things. There's just so much. But when we begin to understand uh, the prerequisites, the, you know, all of that, let's just review really quick. 
that we have limitations, there will be obstacles, and we have to be intentional. When we uh, practice the gift of Sabbath, Sabbath days, Sabbath moments of rest, of retreating, of napping, of silence, solitude, silence, and prayer, and, and we're willing to let God prune our lives, friends, you are about to experience an expansion of your life. You're about to experience space. You're about to experience the ability to notice something beautiful happening. And we need margin in every area of our life, friends. We need it spiritually. If being near Jesus and like him is the organizing principle of our life, guess what, guys? We, we have to make room for him, right? We need it emotionally. Come on. If there's ever a time when people need margin and just to be able to, to be physically, financially, that's why we're doing the Dave Ramsey thing is to give you financial margin. So please take advantage of it. In case, I don't know if God mentioned if you weren't here last week, but they acquired the license to all of Dave Ramsey's material for an entire year. So if you click on one of those QR codes or go on the website, you can have access to it to go through it for an entire year. You can invite your family, your friends, whatever, but do it. It's free. There's no charge. And then we need it relationally, right? See, commitment is fine. Commitment's awesome. You all have commitments, but overcommitment is not. So there has to be a rhythm and a rule uh, of living, a way of living so that you're not overwhelmed to the point of exhaustion and burnout and self-sabotage. So as we close, this is all well and great, but here's what really matters. Here's the question for you. Are you doing more than you can handle right now? What is going on in your own life? Now it's time to just take a moment and kind of let's ask the Holy Spirit just to speak to us personally. See, margin is God's way of living between the load and the burden of life and the limitations that come. So, where are you? Are you marginless or is there margin for you? Or what area of your life needs a little bit of margin right now? Let me leave you uh, with a final thought about margin because I want to talk about the fruit of margin. And I want to say two things. One is about time itself. Because the fruit of margin is not just more time. There is great reward when we live a life of margin. But the very nature of our relationship with time changes. If you didn't know this, there are two uh, ways to talk about time in the Bible. One is chronos time. It's chronological time. Time is linear. This happens and this happens and this happens and this. And we get on the, the roller coaster of chronos time and we, we feel like we, we can't get off. But the scripture talks about another kind of time that is called kairos time. Everybody say kairos. Kairos means the opportune time. 
It means that there's opportunity in time. There's a moment. It means that this is the moment, right? Scripture says now is the time of salvation. That means it's a present moment. Kairos is a way of learning how to be present in this life, present to your own soul, present to those around you that you care about, present to God in ways that you are walking in fellowship with him. There is no disruption or disconnection. And so chronologically, we, we can live chronologically, but it's not a very good way to live, right? And margin is what helps us move from chronos time to what the scripture calls kairos time. And when you live life with margin and you live in kairos time, you can begin to see that all of life is sacred. Every moment that God is is in it, that we can be present to notice it and savor it and welcome it, whatever comes, which brings me to my next point about presence. You see, margin helps me to be present to God, present to myself and to others in a way in which I can see God at work, which I can sense his nearness and sense his pleasure, and I can live at the pace of grace. Perhaps Jesus' words to you this morning, you know, come to me, all you who are weary and worn out and burdened, and take my yoke upon you. What if this is part of that yoke? What if margin is part of that? What if if it's available to you right now, but it requires you living in a different kind of way, in a Jesus kind of way? So I want to leave you with a great word. It's a great Hebrew word, and this can be your prayer. It's the word hineni. Everybody say hineni. Say it like you're a good Hebrew. Hineni. Ah, there you go. Right? Hineni is a Hebrew word that means here am I. And many of our favorite biblical characters, when the Lord would speak, this is their response. This is what they would say. They would say, Hineni, here am I, here am I, here am I. But I want to point us specifically to the life of Moses today because Moses is a, is a perfect character, biblical character of someone who was raised in Pharaoh's courts. He was raised a son of privilege. He was raised with everything he would need. He had power, prestige, success. He had it all, except he had no margin. And when the pressure came... He ended up killing an Egyptian, uh, an Egyptian taskmaster, freaking out because his life was spinning out of control. He, he, he goes to the desert, spends 40 years in the wilderness. Now, 40 years in the wilderness will build some margin in your life. How many of you know that? So that when the day came, And Moses is walking by that burning bush. He had enough margin in his life and space to look over and notice, ah, I think God is there. And he comes over to the bush. And the scripture says, God speaks, Moses, Moses. And Moses says, he named me. 
Here I am, Lord. This is all I've got. The older I get, the more I realize that the spiritual life is a life of surrender and a life of just saying, <laughs> here I am, Lord. This is it. You see, here I am. And in that moment, God began to unfold Moses' identity and destiny and purpose for all of his life. And in that moment, that Kairos moment, Moses could be present to God. He could be present to his own soul. And he was aware that in his own soul, he had fear and reservations, and he and God talked it out. But ultimately, he ended up obeying God and fulfilling his purpose and destiny in his life, all because he was willing to say, Hineni. That's the prayer of margin. And so I want to invite you to stand, and um, let's just do that. Because who knows what burning bush is right beside you right now at this moment. If you only had the margin to stop and take off your shoes and say, Hineni, here I am. I'm going to ask you just close your eyes and open your hands and in this moment. I'm quite confident in the Holy Spirit's ability to highlight in this moment what he is speaking to you specifically about in your life that either you need to come to a place of acceptance and step out of denial and become aware and intentional about building more margin in your life or maybe he's highlighting a particular practice or rhythm of your life that needs just some alteration and tweaking right now, especially as you get ready to get into one of the busiest times of our year. Or maybe the Lord is just saying, hey, you know that thing you really want in your life? I need you to let me prune that. Because it's dead. It's dead weight. Or it's super fruitful, but it's going to break your branches if you keep letting it happen. Whatever it is. Holy Spirit, we thank you. We thank you that you are a God of margin. You lead us into the wide open spaces of faith and life. And I pray for my brothers and sisters that they would learn this simple prayer, the Hineni prayer, the breath prayer in the moments, Lord, where you want to speak, where you're, you're burning beside them, Lord, and they're too busy to notice. Would you give them grace and room to simply pause and to take off their shoes and to say, here am I. We give you our lives, Lord, afresh today. We give you our week. We give you this day. We give it to you, and we say, Lord, we're all yours, and we're all in. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right. God bless you guys. Thanks for, thanks for sticking out. Love you.